0: Welcome back to the Like a Bigfoot podcast. I'm your host, Chris Ward, and I'm in the midst of the like super busy, crazy week. (laughs) Um, And so, just to give you guys a little background, I'm going back to school. And by that, I mean I'm going to head back into the classroom as a seventh grade science teacher um, after a year of. Being Mr. Dad with my two daughters. And yeah, this is kind of the first week. We don't have students yet. It's just a lot of information and a lot of like me looking at this empty classroom with 11 bulletin boards, 11 that I have to decorate. And I'm terrible at decorating. Um, but I just, I'm feeling a bit overwhelmed. And I kind of want to connect that feeling to the feeling to you guys out there if you're starting something new or if you, you know, like last week we were talking to Calvin Johansson about his Join 100 Club where you take on a new hobby, a new skill you're trying to learn and the beginning phases of starting anything can feel extremely overwhelming and you know there's so when especially if you're trying to you know like let's take a goal like you're tra- you're training for your first triathlon let's say and you're looking at big picture which is by the end of this i have to go swim ride a bike and run and i have to be skilled in all three disciplines and i have to be in shape enough to last not only through the swimming section but the biking and the running section and yeah, if you look at it big picture, it's so unbelievably, like almost unbearably challenging and scary and intimidating. Which is why I want to kind of suggest to you guys, and by doing so, suggesting to myself to just take it one step at a time. You know, you're not going to be where you want to be. Day one. you're not going to be where you want to be day two. Heck, even after Calvin's joined 100 Club, I did a hundred days straight of doing yoga for 15 minutes every day. and I had a, my wife take a picture of me uh, doing a forward fold where you're basically just bending over and touching the floor. She took a picture of me doing that like day 98. and I feel awesome doing it, but I I look at the picture itself and I'm like, oh my God. I have so much further to go to accomplish what I actually want to accomplish. But that being said, in that moment, that's the best I can do. And so as long as you are out there and, you know, like I said, you're taking it day by day, step by step. And as long as you are giving it your your absolute best on that day, whatever that looks like, as long as you can leave that day thinking, I gave my absolute best working towards that goal, then that's something to be proud of, and that's something to be celebrated. So I want to encourage you guys, especially if you're feeling overwhelmed, if you're starting something new, which, by the way, if you're starting something new, you're, all, you're going to feel, you're going to have these feelings. It's natural. Everybody has them. Not everybody talks about them or shares them. You know, like if you're going online and you're looking at a picture of some dude on a mountain bike and like it just looks majestical. I don't know if that's a word. But if it looks, you're looking at it and you're like, that's a majestic picture. Like that guy knows what he's doing. Like guaranteed. Guaranteed. Either he doesn't know what he's doing now, and that's kind of just like what you are tr- transposing onto the picture, or there was some point where he felt like a beginner and he, you know, just was riding slowly up hills over rocks and just fell over <laughs> like I did this week. <laughs> so, you know, everybody's been there, everybody has these feelings. This is just your friendly neighborhood podcast host letting you know that that's completely natural. Don't let feelings of being overwhelmed stop you from pursuing your goals. And for me, I'm not going to let feelings of not have, of having 11 blank bulletin boards overwhelm my goal of being a great teacher this year. And uh, I'm just going to take it step by step, day by day. Like, I think that was an old TV show back in the 90s. So there you go. Learn all your lessons from old TV shows back in the 90s. That brings me to today's guest. And it actually fits in really well with this episode because today's guest is Adam Jones. And about, well, more than five years ago, because his, about more than five years ago, he started his own business. And he started a store In Danville, Virginia, which is like Southern Virginia, smack dab in the middle of the state. Uh, It's where my wife and I used to live. We lived there for three years. And he started a running store in the middle of Danville. And previously, he was not a store owner. He was not an entrepreneur necessarily. I mean, this was a leap of faith. And this, I guarantee you, Adam felt overwhelmed when he was starting this thing. And maybe still fight some of those feelings to this day. But, yeah, so that's kind of a really cool tie-in with my whole little rant earlier. (laughs) Um, Yeah, he's just awesome. He's a great guest. And something, I mean, I just want to, and I think I said it in the episode, so I'll try not to repeat it. But if I do, I apologize. I want to congratulate him. Because he's not only just a business owner in this small Virginia town, he is a proponent for health. He is a community leader. I would say he's definitely a community leader that people in the community look up to as a person who is, you know, fighting the good fight against unhealthy uh, behaviors like stagnation poor diet like he's just doing such a great job being an excellent example for people to look to but also you know he's an event organizer he uh is is in his own athlete he's a source of information people come into the store and probably talk to him and ask him like how do you get healthy how do you start running what do i need and yeah i mean he's he's just a great guy and he's a great role model for a community. That's not in necessarily the healthiest place in the country. You know, like there's a lot of kind of just culture in the South of not necessarily the most healthy behavior. I mean the food, if you go down to the South it has some of the best food ever, but it's not necessarily the healthiest food ever, you know? It's kind of one of those, like, biscuits, man. Biscuits are the bomb. Fried chicken? Fried chicken's awesome. But you can't have them every single day for every single meal. Because then, first of all, it's not special. Second of all, it's definitely not super healthy. So it's kind of like one of those, like, once-a-month meals. You know what I'm saying? Um, So, yeah. So in this community, he is just doing such a great job. He's formed his own Culture, his own community around being fit and being healthy. And it's awesome. And he's awesome and he's the best. So uh, I'm excited to to reconnect with him, catch back up with him, share his story here because I think there's a lot we can draw from. And I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, If you guys are enjoying all these shows or this one, be sure to... this is where I'm struggling. I'm struggling through the uh, the self promotion part. Um, yeah, go on. You know, you can find all of our episodes wherever you find podcasts. So you can go to iTunes or Stitcher or you know SoundCloud, all that stuff. So you can look back. You can find all of our episodes. I'm proud of it. I'm going to continue it, even though I am now taking on a a, a full time job along with being dad. But you know what, man? I'm good at balancing things and I'm good at being disciplined and you know working around the busyness and craziness of life. Because we all we all face the busyness and craziness of life. But if you have something that you really want to accomplish, you're gonna find a way to do that. And that's how I feel about this podcast. So check out all of our old episodes, and I hope you guys enjoy. This episode, and I don't even know if I said the name of his if his business. So, if you're ever in Danville, Virginia, or Southern Virginia, or Northern, North Carolina, so many directions. But if you're like the Greensboro area, or the Raleigh area, and you make a trip up to Danville, first stop you should make is The Brick. And it's The Brick. Uh, it's Adam's store. It's right on Main Street. You can find everything you want. He can do a gate analysis like... It's one of the best running stores I've ever been in, and it's in like a smaller town in Virginia, and it's just, it's an excellent store, excellent people. Just go in and chat with Adam. He's the nicest guy. All right, that's a long intro this time. Um, Let's get into it. Like a Bigfoot number 53 with Adam Jones, owner of The Brick.
1: mountain bike yeah and i I raced a uh, pro class on the south on the south outside what was it called the south side series um and you know mountain biking is you know always told you i compare it to, to swimming like you think you're in shape but you get some water
0: <laughs> you know yeah. what i mean yeah
1: you people can run 10 miles, go out run, do anything,
0: but I can try to swim a hundred yards in the pool and die. You know what I mean? Well, I do. You, I, I don't know if you remember this, but I do remember. <laughs> okay. I went to one of your master swim classes and got my ass kicked, which was good. It was good for the ego, but I, I don't know if I, oh, I, I might've told you what happened afterwards, but I had some sort of crazy allergic reaction. My whole face just puffed up and my body went red and from the chlorine, man, I don't know. Cause I, I had gone to that pool a whole bunch of times for swim lessons with the kids and stuff. Uh-huh. And, and I've trained in there afterwards too. And it never happened again.
1: Interesting. Uh, no, you didn't tell me that.
0: Yeah, it was dude, it was the weirdest thing. So I was I talked to you after the class and as I was talking to you, I'm like, my lips feel puffy. <laughs> and then No kidding. And then on the way home, one of my eyelids like puffed up so much it like closed my eye. It was the weirdest thing. Whoa, yeah, man. it was so weird.
1: <laughs> I mean, you know, they, they chlorinate the pool with the pH levels are pretty good. So I mean I'm thinking there's not like some bacteria got a hold to you or something because then it felt like it would affect other people, you know?
0: Yeah. I didn't know if it was just like, that was honestly the huh. first swim workout I ever attempted. Huh. So I didn't know if it was. So well, I
1: way. know uh, the mountain biking is kind of like swimming. Like you can be, man, if you go so anaerobic so quick, yeah. you know, on those mountains. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you hit a, little, you hit a hill and got to do some climbing or something, and that heart rate just goes to, you know, through the roof
0: yeah that was it this morning it was the first like five minutes was like kind of just a gravel road but it was uphill and i was already huffing and puffing i'm like whoa this is gonna be a-. and i had planned for at least two hours on the bike so i was like this is gonna be brutal <laughs> but it was fun yeah i learned a lot that's awesome yeah
1: well dude i pre- you know jason reached out to me at uh, a wedding we attended and him and joy were there and you know, said highly good things. It was like, hey, man, you know, I want to throw you out. He had mentioned the podcast thing. So, I, dude, first of all, I appreciate you even considering me, you know.
0: Yeah, uh, man.
1: It's an awesome thing you've been doing. How long have you been doing it?
0: So, I started last year as, you know, to have a project while I was staying at home uh, with the kids. and. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's been so good. So I made the commitment of doing one a week for a whole year and not missing. Cause I think that's huge. Like the whole consistency part of it is really oh, important. And yeah, I haven't missed a week yet. I've done a couple where I've done two weeks in a row. I've got to talk to a lot of really interesting people. And the 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 thing that I've found pretty fascinating is most people are willing to chat with you about something they're passionate about. You know what I mean? So It's kind of amazed me, some of the people I've been like, there's no way this person's going to talk with me. And then I'll send them an email, and they're like, no, yeah, no, of course, let's make it happen. So, Dude,
1: that's awesome, man. That's awesome. So I appreciate you reaching out, and, I mean, you ask me anything you want, and I'll shoot you straight and answer the questions the best way I can. All
0: right, right. sounds good, man. Well, uh, yeah, I guess I kind of just want to get just – you're a really interesting guy, and it's pretty inspiring what you've been able to do uh, with your running store in Danville. So, one of the things I was thinking about today is, and maybe this isn't the case for all running store owners, but like as a running store o- owner, you have taken on like way more roles than just the regular business owner. So, I mean, I think you're definitely a community leader and like a proponent for healthy living. Uh, in a place where, you know, maybe that's not the like doesn't take a lot of precedence, you know. Um, sure, sure. You're an event organizer. You're an athlete. Like you're a source of information for people who come into your store. Like it takes you just you take a lot on, and I think you do a really fantastic job. So
1: I really appreciate it, man. It's a it's definitely a yeah, definitely a full time job and did some,
0: you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I gotta imagine. Yeah. So I was gonna. I was just wondering, like starting the store what what gave you the idea you know had you always yeah. wanted to do this or did it just kind of happen sporadically
1: you know good question so let me take you back i'll give you some information real quick and see if i can't kind of you know um, drum it up and, and put a bow in it for you as far as how this thing came to light so in about 2000 i didn't start running to about two seven that's when I took my first step. <laughs> I was a baseball player, shortstop, second baseman, um, chasing girls, high school, never really didn't didn't run track, didn't run cross country, didn't do anything like that. So about 2006, each year, my brother and two friends would always go to Myrtle beach for a golf trip for my birthday during the month of May. And, so my brother is a, a lieutenant colonel in the Marine Corps. And so one year, right around that 2006 range, um, he came in and he asked me, have I ever heard of a marathon? And, you know, we're sitting around with these two other guys we're two off in the morning and thinking, you know, I really haven't. Um, I just hadn't crossed paths with a marathon before. I didn't know much about it. Uh, didn't really know too many runners at all. And um, so he went to elaborate saying that, hey, I'd like to run the Marine Corps Marathon, and I'd like to do it, Joe's brothers. We do it together. And so, long story short, I, I process that. I go, oh, yeah. What is a marathon? How long is it? You know, it's twenty-six point two miles. I'm like, whoa. And the other guys in the room are like, what the hell? You know, like twenty-six miles. And you're like, okay, twenty-six miles. And um, so the beach trip ends. I get home. And I'm talk, thinking more about it, and I go, you know, I'm, I, 26 miles can't be, yeah, I don't know what I'm getting into. It's like a daunting task, but it doesn't seem too big. It's like, you know, I mean, it's, I think we could pull this off. I think I could try it. So I start trying to run a half mile. <laughs> and I, I'm gassed. You know, I, get home. I got cut off sweatpants and a pair of, you know, a pair of, uh, you know, shoes that I've had, maybe just at school or something, not like a true running shoe, it's, so I'm trying to run, I get to a mile and, um, and then, uh, you know, as, as this is in May, so the race is in October, right? So I mean, have plenty of time, right? So, you know, I'm running, so I'll make a trip down. My brother's stationed in Jacksonville, North Carolina, where campus unit is. And I make a trip down one, you know, for a family of function and he takes me to a dick sporting goods. Never, never been there before. And I pick up a pair of Mizuno wave riders. And um first running shoe, you know, splurge, get the get the Nike hat and get the Missoula Wave Riders and uh back to Danville, I go, you know, after the event and now I'm running. Now I'm, you know, I'm I'm running a little better and I'm you know, I'm five K to four miles into my running and uh, so moving forward, fast forwarding, uh I get pretty prepared for the race and then my brother uh breaks his ankle. Ugh. Um a few weeks out before the race tells me he can't do it, playing flag football on base, breaks his ankle. So, you know, we, I'm like, well, I was only doing it for you. I'm not doing it If you don't do it. I mean, I, you know, so we chalk it up. We get, we get um, hotel back and, you know, we talk with the race director deep registration, you know, a partial uh, refund and out of sight, out of mind for me. I'm like, well, you know, I guess I'll, um, he's got to recover. So I'm thinking to myself, you know, I've trained, you know, maybe I can run something. So I talked to my wife at the time, um, and I I find Myrtle Beach, which is at February. So we're in October. Gives me a little while longer to train. So were you? Did
0: did you? Do you feel like you like weren't completely trained for the race in October? Or oh,
1: I didn't even know. I had no guidance. No. There was no internet that I was looking at. There was no Runners World magazine. Yeah. There were no, you know, I was just going completely on me. I, there was, there was no nutrition, hydration pointers or tips. Or I was just grinding, trying to get to be able to run remotely. Yeah, remotely, fifteen to eighteen miles.
0: Okay, that's impressive, though. You know, so I mean, were you trained up? Like, were you ready to well, go? I was-
1: I was about, I think at the time before, I was about half marathon ready. Okay, right? okay, cool. <laughs> so, you know, I was about half marathon ready. And so I kept training through the winter. All my friends thought I was crazy. I was the only runner, you know, picking this up, trying to run. Probably form sucks. never had a day to night, you know, just just out there grinding. And February, sure enough, I hopped in the car. I drove to the beach five hours away by myself. Next morning, I ran the marathon at four
0: sixteen. Nice. Um, that's a that's a really done. good time.
1: Yes, yeah, i got had done, and uh, there was nobody there, so I got my medal and uh, got in the car and I drove home. <laughs> and uh, that started the whole running thing. And so with the store, so as I progressed and just started picking up, so my first race ever was a marathon. Wow. Uh, for me. That was what, the first thing. So I, didn't know, I didn't know about 5Ks, 10Ks, half. I didn't know anything about them.
0: You You I only knew about the marathon at that point?
1: only knew about the marathon.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. First
1: race ever, man. And so moving forward to here we are is as I continue to get into racing and running, I was always out of town to purchase anything needed. Um, I was always in Cary, North Carolina. I was always in Greensboro. I was in different places, Lynchburg, to accommodate myself and what I needed for the sports. And so one day, I left on a Monday to go pick up a pair of Newton running shoes straight out of Boulder. uh, But I was going to Cary, North Carolina, about an hour and a half, hour forty minute drive, on a Monday. And I went down and I bought a pair of Newtons at Inside Out Sports. And I got in the car to come home. I just went strictly for that. And I caught traffic on I-40, and so I was bumper to bumper, and I had some dinner plans that I had to call and cancel because I wasn't going to make it. So I'm sitting in traffic, and I look over, you know, and a passed the seat a pair of running shoes, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, did you drove all the way down here <laughs> on a Monday, left work early to go pick up a pair of running shoes, you got to be the biggest idiot. Uh, but I'm thinking, I can't be the only runner in Gamble. I mean, where are other people getting their shoes? Where, where, what are the other people doing? Yeah. And so, that's where the idea hit, like, where do people go? So, so I got home, and yeah, I got home, and it was kind of what's your, back,
0: what's your background in work, like, are you, were you always an entrepreneur, like a business person, a yeah, business so, major? Well,
1: yeah, you know, I was in business, for about uh, 10 years uh, in a family-owned business, where I was a general manager of, of basically, a uh, in the building industry of, of, a, of a lumber supply. We, okay. we, we catered we to residential and commercial contractors to build homes, commercial properties, you know, churches, whatever it was. We were the ones you would come in, and you know, if you and your wife wanted to build a house and you needed somebody to spec it out for, you, you'd bring the blueprints in, and we would, you know, lay it out and you know, get your roof and get you know, get everything you needed to try to help you build the house from the ground up. And back then, the housing market started to uh, unravel, so to speak. And we were bailing out Freddie Mac and Sandy May and all these things taking place and the independence and Gamble, being such a small demographics, were um, you know, not that great. You know, it was all how deep your pockets were. You know, yeah. Lowe's, Home Depot's to probably hang on, but some of the some of the small businesses were, were, you know, either getting bought out or folding up and some general contractors that were building like sub developments were now like pressure washing decks. But yes, it was pretty, you know, pretty intimidating times. But I kept I kept looking at it going, you know, um you know, with no kids, young, with some business experience, meaning, not, I didn't I mean, I was going into it blind a lot. I was going, I was basing it, because it's a lot of things looking back that, oh my goodness, like I had no idea. Yeah. You know? Like what? Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, some of the things you look at, like, I mean, you, you think about the hard work involved. Yeah. But, like, you know, the brick, I thought when I was putting all on paper and the things that it was a running storm. You know, it was, uh, you know, I was thinking about, just inside of that, inside of those four walls. Uh, okay, we're going to carry this. We're going to sell. Um, you know, we're going to reorder. We're going to do the inventory. It's going to be a little store, three thousand square feet, much more manageable. Um, but then you forget about just some of the the, the, the smaller details of like, uh, you know, dealing with the government as far as you know taxes, yeah. sales taxes, slow times. What if it snows? You know, you're not a, it's a more of a commodity business. You know, it's a business that, like, people need to eat. Yeah.
0: They're
1: going to go, they're going to feel their bellies. They don't necessarily need the running shoes. You know what I
0: mean? <laughs> when it, when it snows in Danville, the town shuts down. And I got to imagine, you know, you and I go out and still go for a run and stuff. But most of the yeah. people are looking at you with, like, what in the hell's that guy doing?
1: <laughs> so, you know what? In the past few times it snowed. Um, being that, you know, we go out and run and stuff. So I live a couple blocks from the store. So I always let my staff off. And I know it's going to be probably just low, you know, if, any, if if, even one customer comes in. But I go to the store, I turn the lights on, I open up, and I, I open it. And I'll do email, and I'll catch up on orders, and I'll catch up on just behind the scenes stuff. And if somebody comes in, uh, then I take care of them. If they don't, then I just get a lot of stuff done. Um, and I may mean, not stay all day. I may work at you know, if we're open ten to five, I may stay and hang out like ten to one and go, well, you know, just with the snow's picking up or it's starting to get ice heat. I typically shovel my walkway to head out some some, um, some ice melt. But last year, it was funny, last year man, I um I was I was shoveling snow out in front of the store and somebody rode by and said, Hey, could you come to uh, Blackwell Drive? up by Averett <laughs> and shovel my walk, I'll pay you. So I was like, um, what's the address? And they told me, and I closed the store, went up there and shoveled their driveway. And then, I dude, that day I shoveled six driveways and made like 180 bucks.
0: You got the entrepreneur <laughs> mindset, man.
1: <laughs> dude, I, here's where I was looking at it as. I tell you, Christmas, like, it was snowing, dude, I'm in a... Now I'm in the North Face. I got a sunglasses over. I was like, I was using it. Honestly, I was using it as a workout. Yeah. You know, I was like, core, obliques. I'm a pretty healthy guy, you know. And uh, I was like, you know, the gym was closed, and I couldn't really do much. I was like, you know what? And I had a great – so that's it. I had ice melt, shovel, and I was getting calls, and, and somebody would see me outside, and I'd go quick, get their – I hit their sidewalk. Dude, I did that like I was a 15-year-old kid. <laughs> or not even that, like I was a, probably like a 13-year-old kid uh, trying to make money for an Xbox game or
0: something. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I kind of want to I want mention, I want to get into that aspect, actually, because, like I said, I when we lived there, I definitely looked up to you as a community leader. Um, is that something that you thought was going to be part of owning a running store or did, did you realize That's that? That's another thing. Absolutely. When I was telling you the things that you, you know, like
1: wasn't on the radar when it came, you know, when it was like when I was putting it together and thinking that the responsibilities that I would have and how kind of not to, to be in the face of the brick or whatnot. Um, and you know, the community engagement part of it, like, you know, I wanted to keep it kind of like a grassroots story, and, you know, we started with group runs. And I'll never forget the first group run. It has five people sitting on the back of my truck, you know, in front of the brick and thinking, man, this could be maybe be big. Maybe, maybe more people will come eventually. And so it started with the Thursday night group run. Every Thursday night for five and a half years now, every Thursday, like clockwork, the group run. Um, and then it became, um, you know, let's add a trail run. And so I was trying to lead both of them and then, uh, you know, it became, hey, I was I was attending a master swim class that the instructor quit, um, and so I just kind of took over, like, guys, what are, what are you, what are, why don't we do, why don't we swim, you know, 500 yards without touching the wall or something, you know, and, and, and people in the class, hey, you know, we'll try it, and before you know it, the Y asked me, hey, you know, would you be willing to leave the master swim class and we'll, we'll in exchange for a free membership. Like, you know what, I, yeah, I can do that. I mean, so that's easy. And so I was writing workouts and so we added that. As far as our own events, like the busted This Old Trail series that you attended, the What's Your Wall challenge that we put on, I'm working on the, the, uh, inaugural Main Street Mile. Okay. You know, we're doing the, we're doing the 26.2 mile, uh, marathon challenge in two days. Um, you know, all these things just came to end that event part of it. As far as one of my biggest things that I think about and from a business standpoint is I need to put miles on shoes.
0: Right. Yeah. So, I mean, to do that, you have to like kind of breed in a group of runners almost. Right.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I need to put miles on shoes. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I'm not trying to like, but you know, from a business standpoint, I need to put, I need people to replace their shoes. Right. And so how do I get them to replace their shoes? Well, I need them to wear their shoes out. Yeah. So how can I help honestly put on events that promote health and wellness, promote community engagement, at the same time building the uh, confidence in my customer base and building a friendship with my customer base and put miles on shoes that they go, oh, no, I'm going to see Adam at the break, man. He always takes care of me, <laughs> you know, versus going over to Dick's or buying them on Amazon. You with me?
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: So other things that, you know, we try to do is treat treat everyone like, you know what, the store's a lot, man. The store's a lot. Go in and get you some water. Or, you know what, hey, I tell you what, take these shoes, don't even pay me now, test drive them for two days. Or, you know, hey, here's a rewards program. Or, you know what, let me, I'll bring the shoes to work for you. Or, you know, just, you know, hey, I remember little Johnny, your son, that's on the cross country team. How's he doing? Hey, how's your dad doing? You still you know, you're just promoting that one on one that you're not a number when you walk in the brick, yeah. you're actually a friend.
0: Yeah, well it's I'll
1: buy you a cup of coffee and you know, if I see you on the streets, I'm gonna be the same way that I see you in the brick.
0: Yeah. Well it's the whole like, you know, the more trust you put into people, the more trust they're gonna put back into you. And the whole like, you know, take the shoes now and test them out and then, you know, pay us later, like nobody's going to back, you know, no one's going to back out of that deal and like screw you over. Like people are going to have in general, people are good people. You know what I mean? And if you treat yeah, them, I think
1: so. I think so. Yeah.
0: You, you, they're going to treat you how you treat them. You know,
1: I think so. I think, you know, we do, you know, we try to do things like that. We, like we provide, you know, like we do the aid station, uh, you know, on Saturdays where, you know, if you just running by, if you walk by, if it's a homeless guy outside, you get something to drink, you know? Um, you know, there's free complimentary waters. You know, I try to offer coffee. You know, we try to do, you know, just different things. I just want you to feel welcome and feel like you can come in and hang out. If you don't buy a thing, I always go, you know, every time somebody goes, you know, like, hey, I always want you to feel like there's no pressure. There's no pressure to buy. Option is, is, is kind of thing, Is kind of step stepping thing I don't ever want you to feel pressure. Yeah. Dude, I got it, man. Life happens. I, life happens. I mean, stuff's expensive, and I live in the same world you do. And a hundred and twenty dollars shoe is an investment. For, is an investment, and for the average American family, it may be up. That's in the budget. So never feel like I want you to not feel pressure. I'm, I'm going to recommend some things to you. I'm not going to sell you anything you don't need. I'm never going to sell you anything you don't need. Neither is my staff. I'm not going to persuade you and push you into you know you need the extra shirt. You really don't need it. Um, I'll be, be the first one to tell um, <laughs> you. I'm, I'm going to shoot you straight. You know, I recommend this, but, I, you know, they're $3 a piece. You can get them right here. These are a buck a piece. You know, or, you know, I, another thing is, like, with the group activities, people go, ah, Adam, sorry, I missed last week. Like, hey, hey, stop. Yeah. It is open invitation, man. It is, it, is, it, is, it is, you know, uh, there is no RSVP. And once again, life happens. You know, the kid gets sick. You got. Oh, you always got a place to run here. It's going to be here with you, without you. Come on, we always love to have you, but don't feel like you, you know, I don't want you to walk on eggshells or feel like you can't come in the brick and just say, hey, man, stop by and sit down on the couch for a minute, chat it up, you know, okay, tell me about your race, talk about what we're doing, Um, and then, you know, I have people stop all the time just to visit, just hang out. The running store, I want it to be like a a fun, kind of safe place to hang out for, for endurance athletes to meet, greet, mingle, and, you know, build other relationships outside of the brick.
0: Yeah. Well, and I just, I think it's so important, especially in Danville. I mean, my, my wife did her residency there. And so she kind of saw the health, you know, kind of the health issues that people were having and to have such a, to have a place that's promoting health and promoting exercise and healthy behaviors and healthy eating. like, that's really important. Like it's a really important resource for that, like for Danville Um, because, you know, there's not like, what was, there's a, there's a place in Danville where there's like a hundred flavors of shakes and it's delicious. Don't get me wrong, but it's not like, it's not the healthiest necessarily.
1: No, totally. Totally. You know, Danville, you know, I'm born and raised here. I had opportunity to leave, you know, um, you know, I've just kind of through business, through love, through my family. It just, I just haven't, it's between networking and things. I always say you go with opportunity is. And, um, I mean, if, if Dan was providing the opportunity at the moment, um, there's no point really leaving it, you know, and going somewhere like, say, I'm going to move to, you know, Key West and, you know, work delivering pizzas, yeah. Like, yeah, not, yeah. not in that position, but, you know, I'm not going to move all the way to Key West to deliver pizzas just to tell you that, Hey, Adam moved to Key West. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. You know, like yeah. that, that's not smart, you know? Yeah. But we have taken a lot of pride in, in being a part you know having what i call front row seats in the river district to helping to be one of the pioneers and help promote health and wellness in our area and I, i've been a big you know I, I talk a lot in different you know um conversations i call or my one of my goals was to try to make the river district the health hub of Danville. you know you've got the brick uh, you've got, like, the bike shop, let's say. You've yeah, got a the yoga, yoga studio yoga. across the street. You know, you've got two or three gyms, you know, kind of like the health hub, the heartbeat of gamble. And in a place where there's um, a huge risk of diabetes and, and obesity and buffets on every corner, um, you know, it's the small steps kind of pushing outward. And if I can – if we can help promote – and go and change that. And, and the, the real stories that come into the brick are very inspiring. That, that keep me moving forward. or trying to keep me inspired uh, and keep me from burning out. It is the stories that come through the doors that uh, that have lost 92 pounds. That wow. are you know that that was severe diabetic. That after the doctor told him to start walking on the treadmill, you know he was able to get off his medication. You know the the, the, the amputated leg that is. Now training for their first 5K, the 90 year old customer, you know, not too long ago, not too hard, but I put a woman that was 105 years old. She's my oldest customer that's ever been in the brick that I'm aware of. I put her in a pair of Brooks Ghost.
0: Wow, man, that's that's so awesome. <laughs> that's crazy. What were you thinking when she walked through the door? Like, you know, blown
1: away. She had her carekeeper with her. I'll never forget. Uh, you know, uh, uh, I won't. You know, I won't do all the names. but her name is Miss Payne. And Miss Payne was a uh, elderly African American woman, super, super nice, little kind of like rim hat, skirt, got a walker, but kind of carried her walker. The walker was there just to just to give her some balance on if she needed to. Yeah. For caregiver, the only thing Miss Payne had going on was her hearing. So I would yell at her. You know, I would be loud yelling, and then the caregiver, if I wasn't coming across clear enough, you know, she was sitting beside her and we were kind of yelling at her ear going. He said, "Do you like the color? You know." Yeah, and yeah. Uh, so Miss Payne sat down like a normal customer. and we put we pulled the branding device, we measured um, her shoe. or measure her foot, excuse me. And uh, you know, brought out a couple of options. She opted with the Brooks Ghost Nine. Uh, her main concern was, could she wash them? You know. And uh, we explained how she could you know take care of the shoes. And Miss Payne was. Uh, walked out in a pair of Brooks' goes. That's
0: they were amazing. For her to walk
1: just around her house and things like that, and to get to the the doctor's office and things. But the fact was, you know, she was 105, getting fitted for a pair of Brooks' shoes. <laughs> and um, her story, and hearing the caregiver talk more about her, and some of the stories of people losing weight, all these life changes. I mean, they're very inspiring because I've always been a you know pretty pretty thin guy. I've never had, but the real stories of the folks that haven't been been tipping the scale or been almost redlined and have to lose all of it or have to finally get healthy. And I think that's like, you know, it's a pretty amazing uh, inspiration.
0: Oh yeah. That's the things that really drive me too, is if I have friends who are, you know, getting healthy or losing weight and things and, you know, then they're telling you how they're doing it. And then I'm like, oh man, I need to like change up my diet to like suit, like fit theirs, you know? Um,
1: yeah, absolutely.
0: Cuz you know, especially yeah. being being like a lifelong athlete where I don't I mean, I'm sure it's kind of the same with you. You've always been training and always been exercising and and all that. But you get through those you get to the moments where you're kind of plateauing or you're getting bored with your workouts and you know, just hearing these other stories, especially from people you know in your community and you can actually like meet and see and stuff and you can see them losing weight and see them getting healthy, that's that's something that, like, keeps you going, I guess.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, and that's a, that you bring it up, so, you know, being with The Brick, you know, for the past five years, I've had some people that have been within the system of The Brick, you know, like, whether it be group funds or just been, you know, customers, and that later became friends and we built relationships. And um, But also seeing the people transform through their own lives in the past five years, you know, Someone that could that I like. I've watched folks that I've met just through the store that asked me years ago about a 5K, and they just finished Boston.
0: Wow, that's same person. Yeah, that's awesome, man.
1: Uh, To a to a person that couldn't run a mile, to is now training for the Marine Corps Marathon, just like myself. Um, People that have you know had heart attacks. And different things, they're now, you know, 100% healthy or, you know, just just grinding, you know, training and working. You know, just seeing the people come through that didn't know where to begin, they're now experts that I would send rookie runners to go see. Like, hey, you know, go see Chris, hey, go see Janet, hey, go see, you know, Jason or whoever, you know, just, you know, somebody that can take them under the wing at a group run or something are now the people that used to be pretenders at the group run, you know?
0: yeah.
1: Um, seeing those things transpires pretty cool as well. Yeah. So I tell, as I told Alfredo in the day, you know, like, you know, it's kind of, I enjoy what I do. I could be doing a lot worse things. Yeah. I don't mind going to work. I, I, I work. What I like to do is a hobby. I kind of do for a living, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, and I de- think you can't
1: really put a price on things like that, you know? If you got to be somewhere eight hours, nine hours a day, you know, I think you at least need to en- kind of enjoy what you do.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. Especially, like, it's inspiring to me of the people who are able to turn a hobby or their passion into their actual business. Um, That's something, like, I mean for me teaching, I, I feel like most days I'm not really going to work. I'm just going like, this is part of my day. I go here, I hang out, <laughs> I teach a little bit, yeah. you know, and it's, it's a better mindset than, you know, just going to some place you hate and just looking at, I've done it in the past where I've had a job where you just look at the clock and you're like, please, let an hour have gone by since I last looked at the clock. And then you look and it's like 10 minutes and you're like, no.
1: <laughs> yeah. I tell you know, like much respect for the, for the folks that, you know, are out there grinding steel toe boots, 12 hour shifts, you know, maybe even third shift doing something, no windows no outside, you know, in a, in a facility an industry, a cubicle, um, you know, that's a tough, it is. I mean, for myself, that's a tough. Tra- that, that would be a tough transition. I think I could I could do those things. You know, I think you know, you have to do what You have to do sometimes. But um, you know, that's a that's a that's a that's a big thing. You know, being able to be a little a little more flexible, uh, a little more free. Um, you can't put a price tag on. Now, at the same time, I would say entrepreneurship is the hardest job in the world.
0: Well, um, I have a bunch of friends who are entrepreneurs, um, and the thing I've noticed with them is it's, you know, you're the business. So if you're not working, the business isn't moving forward, and so it's kind of hard for them to kind of just let that go, and correct. Yeah, like it's always on the back, like it's always in the back of their mind. Like, what do I have to do for the business today? Um, correct. And, and um,
1: I would be that other friend that would be right
0: there doing the same thing. Like, it, it never stops. Yeah. So, like,
1: if I, if I was to finish this call with you, probably before, that, you know, I don't want to say it's work, but, you know, you're, you're answering emails or you're making to-do lists for tomorrow or, you know, I'm at work, you know, either early or late or vacations and things seem to be a little more, you know, difficult. Time off is a little more tricky you can squeak out here and there and maybe you can get, I can get a weekend here and there, but for me to be gone like a whole week. Um, now that also relies on staff and, and, you know, just a, uh, a functional, uh, employee group or so that, that, but that's constantly, that's tough as, that's tough as well. Cause, you know, as, as people say, you know, good helps hard to find. I've been real blessed. I got to, I got, I've had some good, good folks come to the doors to break, but, the Brick is also kind of like a cool place to work. I, I, I would compare it to like a coffee shop or the cool record store that, you know, it's definitely fun to work, but probably not career oriented. People are usually passing
0: through. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you, know, I've got, you know, I had TT,
1: you know, folks in school at Averett, you know, working for me for, you know, Caitlin, of course, was awesome. She used yep. to her for about three years. It's a change. And she moved to she moved back on to Pennsylvania to uh, go to PT school.
0: Oh, nice! So, and now you have Alfredo, the fastest man alive.
1: <laughs> yeah, so you know Alfredo <laughs> and Joel Johnson, two oh. uh, two really good, honest guys that are very very uh, talented, but very humble, good good personalities. Um, both you know are in school. Uh, this is their last year. Um, you know, Alfredo will be moving into aviation. Uh, he'll be graduating, with, you know, aviation degree in, from Abert, and from Averett. And Joel will be uh, a radiologist or in the uh, X-ray tech programs. He's already graduated from the University of Pembroke with a uh, sports management degree. So these guys are, you know, definitely on the radar of bigger things. And I always never want to hold anyone back. And wish these guys well. And um, but I don't rush them out.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So do you use your training to think about like, cause I know for me sometimes if I, if I'm stuck on a problem, I'll just go for a run and I won't turn any music on or anything and I'll just zone out and and like, you know, think about like, just give myself time with my thoughts. Do you do that? Or do you use your time where you do your workouts? Do you just like go blank and not think about work and not think about business?
1: So there are, uh, I would say some, it, it's a mixture um, depending on what's going on at the time in my life, uh, whether it be personal or business related. Typically, I use the workouts to kind of like let it out. You know, sometimes I try to, what I call, disconnect to reconnect, you know? Yeah. Um, where I, 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 too, you know, I'll leave the music, uh, you know, i lace up just a pair of sunglasses and a hat and just take off and, you know... I've worked out problems. I've, I've, made, I've not really made problems, enough, but I've kind of come up with some some solutions, or um, just kind of been able to <clears throat> wash out whatever was going on with work, and then approach it with a a more clear mind when I got back to it. Like after I got a run in, I, you know, once I got you know those endorphins flowing and, and the blood flowing, I, you know, I touch a shower and then I sit down and look at the problem again, I feel a lot more calm and a lot more uh, collected to make any decisions I have to make based upon the run, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, There's been times where I just typically have had, like, you know, tremendous stress with the business and and go for a run and leave that problem alone for two days or so and just, um, and keep coming back, to you know, keep running. You know, the running part of it is just, uh, sometimes I have to in the past, you know, over the over the time that I've run with the brick, and and uh, you know, basically, I do it for a living. So, yeah, um, you know what I mean. So I run and stay fit for a couple of reasons. One, I'm 38, and I try to keep a. I know I'm getting older, and I want to stay as you know fit as I can for you know maybe future kids or to be able to play a pickup game of basketball with my nephew to keep a strong heart, God forbid something happened to you, you know, in life, but it's, it's to keep a good quality of life. Like I don't, one of the biggest things I'm scared to do is stop. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, once you stop, it's just a lot harder to get started again, especially as you get older. Yeah. Uh, You know, it's just, I have
1: older people coming to the store and it seems like the, the, the the common denominator for most of our, our customers that when I strike conversation, especially with some of my older customers is, Don't ever stop. Because some of the stories was, I used to run when I was in the military. I used to run when I played football. You know, I used to be this. I used to. And when I go, what happened? They'll go, you know, well, I mean, I got a job. Or, you know, and basically the answer is life. Life happened. Yeah. You know, uh, kids, uh, responsibilities, obligations, priorities, got it. So my thing is, when I ask them all they just don't stop, it seems like I've never heard of any type of uh, sickness or ailment that a doctor didn't recommend exercise as some sort of, some sort of form of remedy to the issue, whether it be stress and anxiety, you know, high blood pressure, hypertension, overweight, you know, whatever. That exercising is critical, and the body's designed to move. And so, it may not always be marathons or anything, but I told myself I'm always going to uh, hope that I can go out for a two-mile run, or if I had a kid, I could put him in a stroller and roll him down the river wall trail or, you know, multiple own backyard and, and uh, you know, do pull-ups in the basement and just, you know, just stay stay moving as long as I can. Yep, definitely,
0: definitely. Is, uh, is the marathon your favorite distance or your favorite event?
1: Um, you know, so the marathon is the most challenging event for me. And, you know, once again, I always chase the clock. So, um just a few months back I ran four marathons in six weeks. Oh my
0: god. How how did you feel after doing that? Were you able to recover and Yeah, I was the only time I
1: ran in those six weeks was during a marathon. Okay. So, gotcha. marathon. so in six weeks in you know, and four out of six weeks I basically I ran a marathon and then I had a week and the next time I ran was the marathon and then I had a week. And the next time I ran I had the marathon. There was no time to run anything else. I was recovering from the previous marathon. And so the marathon for me was just kind of nipping at the heels of the clock. It's always like, you know, it's it's just the most challenging distance for me. Um, I I would say for most people that, you know, run the longer distances without going ultra. But, you know, 26 miles uh, is because the wheels can come off at any given moment and, it's a little more challenging for me to try to like, like starting with the balls to qualifying and, and uh, seeing if I can better my times. So, but at the same time, you know, my worst distance is the 5K.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. I mean, I think answering that now, I think I'm, I've been doing a lot more training, like uh, with interval and tempo work and, and track work, I, I probably can do better. But typically in a conversation like this, I would say the 5K is the worst distance for me. I call it tube pace. Um, and it's basically from zero to 60 from the very beginning. And
0: <laughs> That's true.
1: I'm, I'm kind of like a diesel engine, you know, I need to run three and once I can get up to speed, you know, that I can maintain, but as far as going from the starting line at zero to, you know, full steam, uh, very difficult for me to maintain.
0: Yeah. Well, I think the marathon too, I mean, I've never actually ran a road marathon and I think it's almost a completely different sport than ultras because I think the road marathon is probably tougher than a lot of longer distances because you're going so much faster. You're on the road. It just seems like your legs would hurt so much more, I guess. Um, but I don't know. I mean, do you, do you agree? You've ran, you've ran ultras too. And I mean, it just seems like it's a completely different kind of sport almost.
1: It is. And, you know, every ultra that I've done, i trained all the road and then ran the race on the trail. (laughs) I kind of broke the mold there. Like, I I ran JFK, the 50-miler, and I trained on the road. Uh, I've done a couple 40-milers, and most of those were trained on the road. I would just find some hills. and and, and, One, it was easier for me to honestly – even though English parks in my backyard, it was just easy, priority-wise, and just uh, being able to step out of the brick, go out for
0: a run, hit like Park Avenue and Forest Hills and places like that. Oh yeah, man!
1: Run back down to the brick and then change back into work clothes. You know,
0: those are some um, serious has- hills too. Like I mean, so I'm living, oh, yeah. in, I'm living in Colorado right now, but I'm, I'm you know not in the mountains. I'm like ten minutes from the mountains. And so I've had to get used to running flats uh, since moving to Colorado from Virginia. Like, Virginia was so hilly no matter where you ran. I think the Riverwalk Trail in town was the only flat course you could run.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I would totally agree with that. I would totally agree with that. You know, it's uh, people, you know, that's always been a concern leaving the brick on group runs on Thursdays because we always typically went up Main Street.
0: Yeah, to start.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's always, to get out of the hole, you had to go up Main Street. (laughs) And that's always been a conversation piece for, I mean, for the, you know, uh, do we have to go up Main? Or when I uh, go out and we talk about, okay, guys, what do you have to like running tonight? You want to stay flat and fast? or the only way out of here is up. You know you know so kind of make those decisions man but yeah so I think from with the uh, the road courses for me it's all about rhythm and cadence um, I can find of you know versus the trail and I like the trail I don't want it enough I need to and I think uh, you know in my in the, the future in the plan is to, to get back out there and just to really um, you know connect with mother nature and just run on some softer surfaces out there. We have a beautiful, beautiful trail system as well. But you,
0: it's a great, so it's me, so, it's such a great trail system. And I've talked about it on the podcast before with like Jason, but, uh, it's like 35 miles of single track. It's, it's crazy.
1: Yeah, man. It's so good. I mean, we've done, you know, that's, you know, people, you know, give us a hard time sometimes about the city and, and it, there's some, a lot of negative things here, but you know, when you, when you, when you peel the layers of the onion back and you, and you, there's, you know, it's really not that bad. Yeah. Um, the trail system. I mean, the city is really
0: behind the push for an, a more active community. Definitely. Um, the greenway
1: of the Riverwalk Trail being connected the entire length of the river is something that you don't find in just in any city. Um, I mean, we don't really have something nice just on the Riverwalk Trail itself. You know, I was out in Culpeper, Virginia, closer to D.C., and was like going out. I was like, "Hey, can you tell me where the nearest black I can jump on the trail?" And they're like, uh, "Yeah, there, there is none <laughs> here." Like, "Oh, you used to I assume that you guys had a you know bigger city, you know." Yeah. Than, yeah. I mean, you you can get the car and drive, you know, a few miles and get on one, but it's like two miles long. You yeah. Was so kind of like the response, and uh, like, "Oh, okay, well, you know, so this thing is now where they've expanded even since you've been gone. Um, this thing takes you." From English Park
0: all the way to the theater, wow! And then
1: Cross Roberts, Cross Robertson Bridge up through Park, and never touch the public road. Man, I was it's waiting the for them to, to
0: connect you. that. <laughs> huh? I was waiting for them to connect that. You know, you could tell they were planning oh, on yeah, doing man, it.
1: They, they got the big bridges over Sandy Creek, and you know, it's just a. I mean, you know, besides right there, Two Witches Brewery right there behind. Uh, yeah. Like Tray Street. I mean, you're on Trade Street, but it's not like a direct, high traffic road, and then it. You know, you run that for I don't know a quarter mile, maybe, maybe possibly a half mile, and then you dive off onto the trail again. That's awesome. But you can, you know, you can really put in some serious mileage just on the on the greenway, just on the trail system. Not, and then you got Anglers Park. That's another, you know, like you said, another fifty k of single track back there that you get lost and just run, you know, just do some serious training in. Yeah. And then you have a, a, a beautiful YMCA that's like a just a beacon for the region. That just treadmills overlooking the river that no with
0: no other views and you know, you oh, find all yeah. the views like this. The YMCA is beautiful. I I mean I guess like a, it is what you make of it you know and if you're sure you, Danville's a I always say like it is a wonderful place and you can find all this amazing fun things and nice people and all that and you know but if you went into it thinking it was a terrible place I'm sure you could find some of that too you oh, know. Totally yeah totally. it's just it's just I mean, yeah. your, your intention and your perspective as you're going into whatever the situation is you know Pers-
1: perspective is everything you know i mean perspective is everything and you know yeah exactly how you see the cup whether it's half empty or half full it's on you yeah um, you know unfortunately i feel like you know you know my little town my little city t- you know gets a lot of negative rap. I mean, just from the local folks, it's not really, I don't really know from the outside as much. But, I mean, we do have our own issues, of course. I mean, we have, we have some issues. But, you know, for the, as you said earlier, majority of the people here, I mean, majority of people, I think are pretty genuine folks. Yeah, People definitely. trying to make a living, raise a family, just like the next guy. You know, um, there's going to be bad apples that spoil the bunches, but I mean, for the most part, people are just trying to live, man. They don't want to, uh, he's trying to, yeah, I don't think people are just out to get you so to speak. No. Um, and, and I, I, think, you know, that
0: gamble has a lot to offer, um, for folks, but you got to look for it. Yep. Exactly, man. Well, so can we kind of wrap up with just a couple like quick questions, I guess? Sure. All right, cool. Um, so you kind of designed some races and kind of a race organizer. And uh, so I was just wondering, what do you think is the best, like, reward? You know, like post-race award kind of deal. Have you had any cool ones or given out any really cool ones or what?
1: So the, the, so far, I think the, 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 probably the coolest thing we've done is the Finisher's Bricks. For the What's Your Wall challenge, okay, um, they actually, you know, this challenge is—it's called the What's Your Wall challenge—and not to take a lot of your time, but it's basically how far can you go? Will you hit the wall? Can you push through? Can you break through? And the, what we do is we put to get we we allow you to pick. We set some distances: a five k, ten k, ten uh, miler, half marathon, fifteen miler whatever distance you choose, you have to run
0: that distance seven straight days in a row. <laughs> that's and awesome. you cannot
1: break up. You cannot break the run into two runs. Once you start, you have to go the whole way.
0: Oh, I didn't know that little you, twist. Okay, so you, you
1: can't do it on a treadmill. You cannot do it inside. It has to be outdoors no matter what this weather condition Okay.
0: Are. Oh, that's awesome.
1: And seven straight days. So in the same time of those seven days, you still got life happening, going to work, getting the kids up. So you've got to structure your life that week on how you can manage to run whichever distance you choose for seven straight days. If you miss one day, you're disqualified.
0: Wow! Every
1: single day of the every single day of the run, once you complete it, you have to email it to the Brick to verify the distance, and you get a You know, you you, you get a response from the email like day one verified, day two verified, um, of your Garmin, of your Apple phone, of your Samsung, of whatever you got that shows it. If you complete the challenge, you get a really cool, moisture wicking half-zip jacket that has the mileage you ran for the week total. On the top left, the brick logo on the back. Seven-day
0: endurance challenge written down the arm. That's so cool. In every color, every color is different
1: based upon the distance. So, for example, if you five-kers got a blue jacket, ten-kers uh, got a red jacket. You know, half-marathoners got a green jacket. Fifteen-mile folks got a black jacket. So you might see somebody in a grocery store with a co- Oh, man, which one did you do? Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, so <laughs> the jackets were like, you earned those 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 sweet, more so we can pull up a fleece jackets, And they were really nice. I mean, they wasn't just like cheap jackets, something you wear, like, to a baseball game or in the winter. But you also got a finisher's brick, like a brick off a house. Because with a brick, you got an official brick with a brass plate on it that said, what's your wall? You know, what's your wall challenge? You know, seven-day and seven-day Excuse me. What's your wall? I think it was what's your wall one through four. So we've done four of them. But let's just say, what's your wall four? Seven-day endurance challenge finisher with a brass plate attached to the brick, and people love those bricks, man. They're sitting that's in cool. Offices, they're being used as paperweights. Yeah.
0: So that was probably one of the coolest. Ones. Yeah, that's awesome. I was I thought you were going to mention the uh the sledgehammer you won at the uh green legs that and hamstring. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: that was that. That's the one that's been the most uh out of the box kind of like. New, uh, something completely different. But you know, that's something that I won that was cool. Something that we've given out though like for our events that we put on. Yeah. The bricks and then the busted souls wooden metal.
0: Yeah, those are sweet. I have them hanging up in my garage right now. The uh Yeah, yeah
1: so you know, you try to be creative and different. So yeah,
0: those are definitely cool. Well that's kind of a fun thing about doing races too, is you know, the finisher, they're not medals anymore. They're coming up with all these cool creative ideas, uh, you know, yeah. which are pretty awesome. So cool. Well, I, okay. So what's the, uh, what's the weirdest thing you've seen on a run? And the only reason I asked this is because on Monday I went for a run and I was going down this dirt road, um, next to all these ranches and stuff like ranch houses. Ah. And <laughs> I turned the corner and there's uh, two little girls, like, standing side by side, like, staring off the opposite direction down in the driveway. And one of them is wearing the same exact clothes that the creepy twins from The Shining were wearing. Like oh, I'm, wow. I'm not even joking. It was, like, an old-school weird dress thing. And they were just staring for, like, 30 seconds. And it freaked me out. But I think they were waiting for their parent or something, like who was in a shed next to him, but still.
1: <laughs> so, the we not the weirdest, but like the most bizarre, like, like, oh my gosh, you know, that just happened type of moment for me was, uh, last year in Arlington, Virginia, I was running a marathon called the International Peace Marathon. And it, the temperature hit 106 out there. Oh my God. And people, including myself, were dying. I mean, people were quitting, you know, it was just, Relentless heat, and uh, it was just, you know 106. Man, it was you know just smoking. And so I'm running down. I'm running, trying to finish this thing. And I roll up as I'm getting closer, and directly on the race course, a woman is just dropped her shorts <laughs> and is just peeing.
0: Like in the middle in of the, the middle course. Of the
1: race course, man. I mean, people <laughs> running by, This woman is just. P squatted down, peeing all in the all on the path and everything of exactly. I mean, she's not off in the woods; it's directly on Just the Just No trail manners. Like, holy <laughs> crap! I thought she was hunched over like with a cramp, and she had dropped her shorts and was urinating all over the place.
0: <laughs> That's that was hilarious. the most
1: like car off guard, bizarre thing. <laughs> that I was able to witness.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, I wonder if she was like, I am so tired and it's so hot right now. Like, yes. I, I can't even take yeah, two steps.
1: That's, ex- <laughs> that's exactly what she was. She didn't care who saw. She didn't care what was taking place. She had to go. She was, the heat, whatever was happening. It was definitely not a pleasant thing. She probably wasn't proud that she had to do it like that, but it was, I mean, to run up on that was like, whoa.
0: Oh my God. <laughs> That's funny, man. Uh okay, so we won't end on that question cuz that'd be very bizarre. Uh what's yeah. <laughs> what's been your favorite race that you've participated in or ran or or maybe like what's been the most the most memorable or something where you had to um yeah. Yeah, for me so I guess the biggest, you know, um the one I would
1: raise the most hype about or the one that I that really was the biggest like challenge as well as the most satisfying feeling was competing, uh, completing Ironman Maryland. Um, you know, swimming 2.4 miles, biking 112 miles, and then running 26.2 miles in 10 hours was, Jeez. um, you know, the most like satisfying, most like beat down yet gratifying experience that I've ever taken place uh, being a apart and seeing other people and actually coming down the shoot you know the guy that we hear all the time you know Adam Jones you are now an Ironman. man you see it on TV at things. And yeah I trained for it you, you've watched it on TV as, as you know getting into the sport like oh my god these guys are crazy I could never do anything like this and that was like years ago and then you actually officially do it and it's not by no means bragging or anything but the most rewarding and and my brother being there to greet me at the end and like a big tear moment. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, tears roll, you know, just a huge emotional roller coaster, but yet at the same time, very rewarding. You're beat down and depleted, but you're also feeling alive at the same time, you know, just a very cool experience. Yeah, well, it's, cool experience.
0: it's like years and months of training, you know, all boiled down into that last moment. That's to be awesome.
1: Yeah, it's just such a long race at 140.6 miles, and you just, the, the, the you know doubt and uncertainty leading all the way up to and even into that you know of you know but just wanting to finish it and having people back at home cheering for you and just you know being the biggest thing that I've completed um, you know I would say that I think that's that's kind of tip of the iceberg.
0: That's awesome. Well, thanks for uh, coming on and chatting with me today. And uh, yeah, man, come out to Colorado.
1: Hey Chris, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for thinking about me. We uh, miss you guys, man. I hope Colorado treats
0: you well. And uh thanks for having me on your show. Yeah. That wraps up this week's edition of the Like a Bigfoot Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, you know, it, it's been it's been so such a great it's almost approaching a year of starting this podcast and releasing an episode every single week. And guys, I just gotta say once again, it's the power of consistency, consistently doing something <laughs> and then eventually getting better. <laughs> that's, that's the whole equation. I don't know. It's, it's very complicated, but not really. All you got to do is keep showing up. If you say you're going to do something, do it and do it week after week after week after week and You'll get better. The show will get better, and the outreach part will get better, and it's awesome. So, whatever your goal is, being consistent is very, very important. Um, thank you so much to Adam. It was so cool to just be able to reconnect with you and hear your story because you know we've we've chatted multiple times and hung out a lot uh, in a store, and I never really fully just asked him about the story of starting the store and you know, all the surprises that happen when you do start a project. I mean, all the things that unexpectedly were part of being a running store owner and all the really cool benefits that aren't necessarily financial benefits, but they're like emotional and spiritual benefits from helping people out. And, it was just a it was just a great story. So thank you Adam and yeah, if you're out there listening and you know of someone with a really cool story or an adventurer or if you are an adventurer or you have a really cool story you want to share, shoot me an email or uh, you know send me a message over Instagram or Facebook or Twitter. Uh, they're all like a Bigfoot. so it's pretty easy. The email is, like a Bigfoot at gmail.com, so you can find it there. And the Facebook group is Like a Bigfoot, and so is all the other stuff. So, yeah, I'm pretty easy to contact. Uh, I just like talking with people. I like hearing your guys' stories, and you guys inspire me to chase after my own goals. And right now, I'm uh, an athlete who does not have any races on the calendar necessarily, so I'm looking for that inspiration because I definitely you know, am on the lookout for, for some future events to train for. And, um, I have a few in mind, but I haven't pulled the trigger yet. So maybe you guys will just inspire me to sign up for something crazy. So, all right. Uh, we had a long intro, so we'll keep it short on the outro and, uh, yeah, I hope you guys are getting after it and we'll be back next week with another amazing human being to talk to and share with you guys. So all right, talk to you then.